Blog Talk Radio. that's being pushed 
into the uh, healthcare in- industry. You know, when you think about it, if I have a company that makes a lot of money off healthcare, and then this public option, uh, you know, and with the public option, all they're saying is we're going to create a, a government-run insurance company. And that government-run insurance company is going to really just be a conduit. They're, all they're going to do is just resell those policies back to another insurance company as long as that insurance company makes their policies uh, equal. But isn't that what Medicaid is right now? No, Medicaid is different. Medicaid is different. Now, it is government-run, by the way. Yeah, that's what I mean. But Medicaid is only for seniors. Hmm. Well, well, you know, I think Medicaid is for babies and Medicare is for seniors. Okay. You know, so it's a little bit different. But, yes, it is a, that is a government-run program. You know, and, that the, and, and that's the thing. If I have 1,000 people in a company, Let's just assume, let's say a hundred. Let's make it easier. Number. Let's say it's a hundred people in the company, and those and out of those hundred people, twenty-five of them have insurance coverage, and the others don't. And each one of them is paying a hundred dollars a month. Let's say it's a hundred a month. You know that every month you're going to get twenty-five hundred dollars because you got twenty-five people out of those hundred people paying hundred dollars a month. Now, in the in the in the new plan, they say everybody's insurance costs have to be cut. So let's say they're going to decide to cut it to fifty dollars, but everybody has to sign up. So now you go down to fifty dollars a month, which is half. Everybody signed up. That's a hundred. Now you're bringing in five thousand a month. And the reason you can do that is because insurance companies look at numbers. They say if we have more people paying into the plan, that doesn't mean that everybody's going to go to the doctor this year or everybody's going to have an issue that needs uh, specialized attention. Not everybody's going to have a surgery. So if we got a thousand, pe- if we got a hundred people, and everybody's paying their fifty dollars a month, we might spend out maybe two, three hundred a month on those, on all of those, on those hundred people. So we're bringing in, you know, that what that five thousand dollars. We're still bringing in forty-seven. Hundred dollars a month on average, and then if you have the case of having someone go to emergency room or whatever, you know it eats up that cost. But you know when you do the law of averages, on the average, you're going to make money. You know unless you have somebody that has like a heart attack or has to get a pacemaker or somebody has a major surgery. For the most part, you're going to make good money off of you know all of those people, and so you have no problem in reducing your costs. But it's when you don't have as many people in the option, and then someone has uh, a serious issue that has to, you know, that they have to go to the emergency room with or they have to have a major surgery, and then the, the insurance companies lose money, you see. But what the insurance companies turn around and do is they jack up the cost for the next year. So let's say this year, if your 25 people really cost the insurance company money versus them making money, the next year, they're going to say, hey, either your costs go up or your quality of care is, is changed. So now it's going to cost you, you know, instead of a copay of $100, you might have or a copay of $20, you might get a copay of $50 if you want to stay at that same rate that you pay. You see, because the insurance companies, they're not into losing money. But what this public option does is it forces them to reduce their costs which they don't want to do because most of their costs have become profit because all they do is pass on the whatever uh, additional costs onto their clients. And there's no way, when you think about it, there's no way to stop that because they can justify everything. They say, well, our costs increase, so we have to pass it on to you, no exceptions. We're not going to eat the costs. You know, they, they, they don't eat costs. You know, even though they could have made a million dollars off of you in the past couple of years. Here's my question. Let's say we don't have a public option. Let's say there's no public option. Do you think that will, that just the idea of having cheaper health care will cause the insurance companies themselves to reduce costs? 
if they have more people in, or will they just charge the same amount, just have more people? Because there's nothing that says they can't. Right. I think that's a tough question to try to answer, but I, it's it's hard. It's hard to say what they'll do because you know most of this is uh, money driven. So I, I would say that. Well, I, I I don't know. I'm sure they'll figure a way because a lot of the language is not for you to understand. If you really go in and read what an insurance company will do for you, that language, the way it is written, it is not written easily for you to understand. A lot of people can read and like, what in the world are they saying here? And then for someone to have a sickness and the insurance company to look up whatever, something else that they didn't tell them on. You know, something it may have been may have been something minor, and their insurance is, you know, they drop them. They said, "Listen, you you're a big risk. You're a financial you're, risk." Yeah, they, and and at a point in their life when they're sick, and a lot of them are on their deathbed. Yeah, and you know, I don't mean to cut you off, but just think about that. When you really need the insurance company to help you out because maybe you can't work, or or maybe you you are working, but you can't make enough money to pay that cost for that particular issue that you're dealing with. You know, maybe you work full time and you have insurance, but you you you're part of the working poor. And so they tell you, well, you know, you've already maxed out what you can get from us, and so everything else has to come out your pocket now, because this is the insurance that you have. You know, I mean that's the you had to get the cheaper insurance, and so because you have cheaper insurance, this is all we can do for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, Brian, let me – where is the money going to come from to pay for all of these things that the president is talking about, uh, about the money being up front? Uh, there's no additional cost. None of this money is going to go or count against the deficit that we have. Where is this money going to come from? Do you think it's just going to come from some someone raising taxes, or, or where do you think it'll come from? Well, you know, I listened to the president's speech a couple of weeks ago, and he talked about not adding, you know, not getting it from new revenue sources. Well, I, no, how did he say it? He said he will not sign a bill that adds anything you know, one dime, one penny to, you know, the budget. So it has to be self-sustaining. It has to be money that's already there. And he said a lot of it will find in government waste. Now, when you hear him say something like that, I mean, anybody that knows anything about government contracts is there's a huge amount of overhead that are written into government contracts. You know, when you think about it, you might have a particular contract with a government agency, and they say, well, we need 10 workers, and those 10 workers are paid at $200 an hour because that's the prevailing rate for a consultant. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll have their full-time workers that we know they're not paying $200 an hour. They might be paying them $40 an hour, and that's great for them. You know that forty dollars really represents about fifty-five when you, or fifty to fifty-five, depending on the type of insurance and benefits they have. And so they're still making, you know, a hundred and fifty bucks an hour in, in that government contract. And when you think about it, okay, we know that the company has to make money off the contract, but instead of writing up writing it up that way. Why not write it up the way and say this is the compensation that we want for this contract and we want you to pay for these particular salaries? Mm-hmm. You know, the government contract, when they write them, they write them and they're so convoluted with all this stuff that it's hard to really understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, but again, I, I think there needs to be a complete overhaul of, you know, of the government. Because the government that that collects taxes every year should never be on the verge of shutdown. Mm-hmm. That's true. And you I don't see? know. I don't, I don't know. Please tell me if I'm wrong. But uh, as I was driving home, I heard that Congress was in a meeting, 
and they were voting on their new salaries. And I think they voted to pass something that's going to give them more money. I don't know. I, I may be wrong, but I thought that's what I heard uh, that came over the radio. Uh, I hadn't heard that one, but you know, I, I'm going to Google that one while we're on the phone here because I want to know about that one because I think that that would play a huge part in this whole issue of, you know, finding revenues. Because if they can find revenues to increase their salaries in a time where most people can't find a job, that's a problem. And if they have, and it could be behind this whole healthcare issue passing or not passing. You know, they could be saying, if you want it to pass, then pass this. I mean, to be honest, we don't know what Congress is really doing because they don't give us a whole lot of information. I mean, we have to really, really dig to to find out stuff that's going on, especially when it comes to those bills. I mean, they may have a bill that's a 1,000 pages, and it's like, how can you read that whole thing and know what they're talking about? But, but you know, Greg, this whole issue of health care made me think about what happens if it doesn't pass. Do you, well, I, I think they're prepared for that. I, I think that they already have another plan. I, I really do. Because so many people... Well, you know, I, I just don't think that they really opened it up to the American people so that they can make a decision. I think they only opened it up to a few that they could voice their opinion on what they think about the um, president's health reform. But I, I, I would think the majority of the people um, would vote for it. That's just my thinking. Of, but, uh, again, I believe that they would. And, you know, and the reason I ask that question is because Part of this plan is to help curb the the just the just astronomical cost of health care. When you when you look at health care and how how high health care is, you know, every year it seems like it costs more to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, and from what I from what I remember, usually if something's around a while, it costs less. You know, that technology ought to cost less this year than it did last year because it's a known technology. Everybody knows how to do it now. You know, it's almost like um, a car. You know, when you have a new car, it's new, it's fresh, it's shiny. But now that you got it, the price ought to come down a little bit if it's been around for a while. But we don't see that happening with medicines. We don't see that happening with uh, medical procedures. You know, if anything, it costs more. You know, my thinking is, you know, they say it costs $1,000 to run an MRI. Well, it's been costing $1,000 to run an MRI for a while. You know, and the real question is, why does it cost so much to run an MRI? And the first thing that they want to do when you go to the hospital and you have something wrong is they want to run an MRI. It seems like standard procedure. Oh, let's just run an MRI. You know, and... For something that costs that much just to run it, it's almost like they're saying, hey, well, let's take your temperature and run an MRI. Mm-hmm. Get that money, make some money. You know, and that's, and, and that's part of it. You know, it seems as if the whole focus is really, and, I, and you know, and I'll tell you, I think that they really should focus more on preventative health care and also on insurance companies, the insurance side of health care. You know, because I I think that that part plays really. I think that's that's the focal point. You know, and that's that's the problem with the public option, because opponents of the public public options they all scream that's not fair. The government's getting into healthcare business, and it's supposed to be a capitalistic society. You know, but we know that capitalism. You know, the one drawback to capitalism is greed. You know, and then they say, well, you're trying to create a public option, you're trying to create socialism, and, you know, my thing is, when it comes to health care, we should be socialists. I mean, I'm just, something like that, everybody should be able to have access to health care. 
You know, that's just my and I and I'm not a socialist, well, you know. What what do you think a lot of people are called socialists because they really, really truly care about people and having people covered and they're just fighting for people and just doing what's right. We hear so many people opposing them, and they're just saying all types of rude things to the people. And well, see, so you also got to remember that socialism is a dirty word around here. You know, that's that's the thing. Socialism is a dirty word. You know, people don't people don't like to be called socialists because that makes you think more of communism. And you got to think about how a lot of the socialist republics and the people who were in leadership positions in the socialist republics, how they acted and reacted to folks who didn't want to be a part of that socialist regime. Mm. You see, back, I can't remember the name of the guy, but back in the day when there was a particular leader in the socialist republic that if you didn't, if you did not conform to socialism, then you were considered an enemy an enemy of the state, and then you were dealt with you know and so that's what people's that's what people's mindsets that's what they remember so when you say socialism when you call somebody a socialist, they think that oh, you want everybody to be exactly the same, and if we don't conform, then we're enemies you know and that's that is so far from the truth. What about the rhetoric that's out there on the health reform <laughs> and some of the things that, are peop- that the people are painting on the signs and, and the media is saying certain things that has been, it's been uh, you know, it's just been debated about how it's not true and how a lot of the stuff that's being told out there are just, just flat out lies and it's just rumors and, and we all know how that thing will take off if someone makes that type of a statement. Well, you know you got to think about propaganda. Right now, this whole health care debate has become a huge propaganda war. Because when you think about it, how many people actually knew when they first started doing those uh, town hall meetings on health care, how many people actually knew what was going on in, in in the bill? How many people had actually read the bill? You see? How many people had actually knew everything that was in the bill and everything about it? Most of the politicians up there that are going to have to vote on the bill don't know everything in the bill. They're still learning it. Their people are still hashing it out and reading the things that they like and don't like. You see? So there's no way that those people could have known that early on in the in the shaping of the bill because the bill was still being shaped and formed when they were having these town hall meetings. There's no way they could have known all the information in there. So a lot of it was you had propaganda. People would say something, you know, like that of a Sarah Palin would go and say, oh, that's a death panel. They're going to have death panels. And so right away people would say, death panel? I don't want to be a part of the death panel. You mean to tell me they're going to decide on on whether I get to live or die or whether I get to have this surgery or not, the government's going to decide. Well, guess what? Most companies that you get your insurance from, they decide for you. They'll say, we're not paying for that surgery. Nope, that surgery's, nope that's too risky surgery. We're not paying for it. That's considered experimental. We're not going to pay for it. So, yeah, they decide for you. Mm. But when you think... <laughs> Go ahead. But, and so... When they say, well, the government's going to have a death penalty, they're going to decide whether you live or die, you know, that's just twisting words because because nothing in the bill says anything about a death panel. Nothing in the bill ever said anything about the way that, that the government was going to change the way that healthcare does business in that particular light. All they said was they're going to, they were going to offer a public option. And right away, somebody said, well, guess what? Right now the companies decide whether you can have a surgery, even if that surgery is life-threatening. So... They can, can so they can decide whether you live or die. The government's going to decide whether you live or die. Mm-hmm. Now you see how those words can easily be twisted oh, yeah. and used, and that's what they did. And so when they came to these town hall meetings, the politicians who 
in my personal opinion, most of them did not know enough about health care and the way that health care uh, policies are run in different insurance companies. They didn't know enough about that and enough enough about those companies in particular to respond. And so they couldn't respond. Mm-hmm. And so all they said, well, these people are crazy. They're making up these lies. You know, and they weren't exactly lies. It just wasn't true about what the government's plan was. Mm-hmm. You see, and then they said, well, the government, how is the government going to be able to handle your money? Look what they did with everything else. The government screws up everything. Mm-hmm. You want to trust the government with your money? Well, guess what? We trust the government with our money already. You want to trust them with your health care? We trust them with our health care already because the government enacts rules and regulations against all of the uh, insurance companies as well as all of the health care facilities. And so we already trust the government with our health care. Well, you want the government to decide who you can go to? Well, guess what? Most companies decide which doctors you can see and which doctors you can't see. They tell you you can only use our approved doctors, and we have no problem with it. So if you can imagine, when somebody says the government is trying to decide who you, which doctor you can see, well, you know what? <laughs> that already happened. Hmm. Now, Brian, that's another show. <laughs> <laughs> but, Brian, uh, seriously, we, we have a lot of issues that's going on right now in this great country of ours. And we also have a lot of people right now, Brian, as we're talking, a lot of people are being turned away at the emergency rooms because they don't have any health care. Right. I'm still trying to understand, as Americans, why is it, or whatever it is that we're fighting against, is it that much larger than what we need as a solution for people that don't have health care, that can't get any type of service at all? Is that thing that you're fighting for, is it worth it, I guess is my question. Is it really, really worth watching children and adults and senior citizens just die because they don't have insurance and having to choose between eating food and buying their medicine is a really, really tough pill to swallow, Brian. Well, you know, I think I want to say this in a way that doesn't sound like that doesn't that doesn't sound like I don't care but when you, when you look at it most of those uh emergency rooms they're protecting their bottom line and they should protect their bottom line and and when I say that you you got to understand these companies are businesses Healthcare facilities, hospitals, doctors' offices—they are businesses. They have employees. They have medical. They have costs, and that's part of the dilemma. You know, you have a cost to run your business, and you're providing a service. But this particular service that you're providing is something that everybody needs, and so you don't want to not give them the service, but at the same time. You can't provide them the service at a cost of you losing your ability to provide the service. Right. And see, and that's what that's what these healthcare facilities. Are, that's what's caught, that's what's happening. You know, they're getting into situations where they can't afford to continue to offer the level of care and the level of service that they have because they've had someone or quite a few people come in with no health care or no insurance. And then their costs are now driven up because they have to eat that cost. And that cost is then in turn passed on to other individuals, and then everybody's health care costs go up. And so when you look at the public option, the public option and also the other part of and, – and, you know, and this was something that uh, I was actually talking to a coworker about, and he said, I don't like this idea of penalizing me if I choose not to have insurance, you know, because that was something that they talked about in the plan. They would say that if you did not carry insurance, it would be just like if you didn't carry a driver's license. 
you got caught driving, there's a penalty. If you had to come to the hospital, you had to pay an extra fee, an extra penalty fee. You know, and I get that. But somebody who doesn't want to have to pay that extra fee, doesn't. they don't want to get that. You see, they don't want to have to pay that extra fee. And, you know, my coworker was saying, he said, why should I have to pay an extra fee if I don't want to carry insurance? I shouldn't be made to do that. I shouldn't be made to spend my money. And, you know, quite frankly, I I thought about it, what he said, and I told him, I said, well, don't get sick. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, try ball. that one. <laughs> well, it's a whole different ballgame when that when that when that enemy is knocking at your door and, and they they're bringing bad news. Yeah, it's a whole different ballgame when whatever it is that you have and you're in the hospital and it's draining your account. Whole different ballgame. Whole different ballgame then. And then, God forbid, that the insurance company drops your wife or. Uh, or a girlfriend from the insurance, and you don't have a leg to stand on, and you're just paying flat out money. There's no way you can. There's no way you can hold up. That is the absolute truth. There's absolutely no way that you can actually say, "Well, I feel better today. Let me do." No, no, no. Yeah. You know, Greg. Here's here's another. Wonderful question. If everybody is covered, if everybody has insurance, mm-hmm. wouldn't that put more money into the insurance companies? I was thinking that, but uh, I don't know, Brian. Is, is it just that as Americans we are so spoiled, I guess, or just flat out lazy? To the fact that there's so many people that don't have health insurance or they don't have something in case something goes wrong. Are we that spoiled to say the have not shouldn't sit to the table with the haves? Well, I don't know. You know, know, my question would be, are we? Is it that we're spoiled, or is it just that it's something that we never really talk about? We never really think about it, because when you think about think about this, who was really talking about health care a year ago? Hmm. I, I mean, was health care the hot issue? I didn't hear it. Last year around this time, no, it was the economy. It was the fact that we just had we, we were on the verge of a financial meltdown. And the year before that, what was it? Gas prices. And so I think now healthcare has become the hot issue because people are talking about it. You know, nobody's talking about how gas prices have kind of inched right back up towards the three dollar mark. They're already they were down as low as a dollar eighty nine, which put them almost back down to two thousand one level. And they slowly but surely inch back up. I think I think they're back down to like two thirty seven now, and, and that's the cheapest that I've seen it here in uh, in Florida. You know, but when you when you look at it, gas prices went up fifty straight days, and nobody said a word because everybody was talking about the health care issue. What 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 do we do? What are some of the solutions? So many people are fussing and fighting, but are they? You know, the Democrats they have a plan, and a lot of the Republicans are fighting against it. But when they fight against it, are they giving some type of solution to the to the problem? Are they just adding on to the to the uh, burning fire? Which one is it? You know, I don't know what the Republicans are doing, to be honest. You know, I I, I looked at the plan. I haven't read the whole thing, but I like a lot of the things in the plan. There are some things I don't particularly care for, you know, but you got to take the good with the bad. And, you know, my whole question 
to the opponents of the plan is what is your plan? Your plan can't be to say, I don't like this, I don't like that, I don't like this, I don't like that, I don't like this, I don't like that. Because that's not that's not giving us a plan. That's just telling us what you don't like about the plan. Give us, you know, if, if you're supposed to be coming to the table to offer solutions, then your solutions can't be to take away from the plan. You see? And that's what the Republicans look like they're doing. You know, I'm not saying that's what they are doing, but that's the perception that's given because they're saying no public option, we don't want this, we don't like that, you guys are doing death panels, you know. This is what you hear from them, you know. And so if you're not going to add to the plan to make it the best plan, then don't take away from it. You know, because that's what, I mean, that's the perception. You know, and if somebody has a has a plan, hey, you know, I think I remember hearing the president say, come to the table. Come to the table. You know, but that's what I've seen. What I've, what I've perceived from the, the right is that, no, we don't want this, we don't like this, we don't like that, we don't want this, we don't like that. And, you know, that even rubs some of the the people on the right the wrong way. Right, but are they are they giving an answer though? Are they saying this is how we would deal with this? It's well, see, that's that's my whole point. They're not giving an answer. They're just saying we're not we don't want that. We don't want that. It's almost like you ask a kid what do they want to eat. They say they don't know. You know, but they know they want to eat, so you offer them something they say they don't like this, and they don't like that, and they don't like this, and they don't like that. You know, and you 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 fix them a full plate, and they start picking everything off that they don't want to eat, but they want to get full. <laughs> mm. uh, Brian, it sounds like you're in a tough situation, Brian. It sounds like you you got yourself in a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it is really sad that you know, I, and I I know you're probably tired of me saying this, but we need to do something. Something has to be done. Some type of agreement needs. I mean, people are just waiting to hear that they're covered, that they have coverage. Because if you're a married family and one spouse is not working, that makes it so much harder on that family. And that person still has to cover. Have you know, they 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 will still have insurance. And it's just sad because you just never know when you're going to need it. You never know what's going to happen. And the other sad thing is, mine for people that have had insurance for 40 years and never really had a claim, uh, one time they have one and it drops. Mm-hmm. And they're probably was the oldest and best uh, you know, client that, that anyone could have. But they're, they're being dropped. Pre-existing um, injury or pre-existing whatever without telling them and Next thing you know, you're dropped. It, it it seems like dropping people is a way for them to talk with people. Meaning, they're not going to give you everything in that letter when they drop you. They're not going to tell you everything. It's, they're just going to stick to baller point idea of whatever it is that they're trying to sell and put you know let you know that you violated it and that's why you're being dropped. But are they giving you your money back over the 20 or 40 years that you've paid into that company? There should be some type of incentive. And I heard one insurance, um, I can't remember who it was, but they actually give you money back when you don't have an accident or when something, that you know, for a period of time when you don't have to go to the doctor. Well, you know, there are a lot of different companies that do a lot of different Things for their, you know, what they consider their preferred customers or their, you know, the customers that do, you know, actually make them money. Right. <laughs> I'll just say it like that. Right. You know, and, and I think the biggest part of that, the, the part of the problem is that you have so many companies that don't do that, that just penalize their people and when you think about the fact that here it is every year I have to pay my every every month I have to pay my insurance. 
right? I don't have a choice. Right. If I want insurance, if I want to make sure that my people are cared for, taken care of, I've got to pay that insurance. That's a given. But then to turn around and and to penalize me, and when I say penalize, I mean, let's say I have a pre-existing condition, and they decide that that's something that they don't want to risk, or that I have this I have this particular condition that comes up, and when it's time for renewal, they say, hey, this is potentially going to cost us a lot more money, so now we're going to increase. You know, even though I may have in the past couple of years not cost them anything. You see, and that's the that's the part where, you know, you see the the what I consider the greed. Because I think that instead of everybody being lumped into this one big bag, you know, that you look on you can look at that particular situation on a case by case basis. If that person has done very, very well, you know, and then they get a pre-existing, in, or then they get a, a particular condition that costs their insurance rates to go up, you know, that you don't just slap them across the head the next year because they're already dealing with something. You see, they're already dealing with a health-related issue, and then they got to think about how am I going to pay for this to get myself well. And to me, that just shows where the insurance companies, in my opinion, just don't have a heart. They just they're they're money driven, like you said earlier, and that's what they fo- they're focused on making that money, you know. And oh, I'm sorry, you're sick. Well, guess what? You rolled the dice, and you know you didn't win, or however. I don't know how to roll dice, so I what <laughs> I don't know what to say about like if you win or lose. But you know, you didn't win. You didn't get the the numbers you wanted, and so you know you lose. Sorry. Do you, let me ask you this. Do you think that the American people, the majority of the American people that are out there, do you think that they're, they're, they are given the opportunity to voice their opinion on this uh, health care reform? I, I, I don't. I don't think they are. But I think that there's a number of people that will come out and say whatever, whatever. But I just feel that the majority of the American people will back it. Well, here's here's another question. Do you think the majority of the American people are currently happy with the level of health care and the cost of their health care? Mm. See, because that's something that, that I've been talking with a few people about. And, you know, most people say that they just deal with it. They don't like the fact that their costs keep increasing, but they deal with it because it's a necessary evil, you know. If I want to make sure that my family is taken care of in case something goes wrong, got to have health care. If I want, if my kids want to play sports, got to have health care, and you know, wow. you know, and so it, it's something that that you can't get around not having. Well, here in Florida, Brian, if you're a state employee, you retire from the state, and you have a family. The cost of the insurance for you and your family is probably at a grand a month. Easy. Easily a, a grand. Wow. How can they live? For an individual, it's about four or five hundred. How can I mean? How how do they expect people to live off of that type of thing? And I and I know a lot of people are gonna say, well, they need to work harder, they need to work smarter, they need to do this, they need to do that. Well, they didn't do any of that. Are you gonna hold it against them and punish them? Well, you know, you got to remember we live in a capitalistic society. So, if you're a capitalist, there, you know, if that's your mindset, then you're saying, okay, if you didn't do what you needed to do to stay on top then you shouldn't be on top. You know, but this is this issue is more, is less about who's on top and more about who's not on at all. Hmm. You see because part of part of what's wrong with that whole idea of you know 
get yours, get it now, you stay on top, you the big dog, you know, is that when you're dealing with, let's say, a child, and that parent doesn't have enough money to pay for the health care for that child, you know, that child didn't ask for that. Right. You know, you try to put that child on something like Medicaid, and even Medicaid doesn't pay everything. You know, and so personally, I think this whole deal, and 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 then you also have to remember, this plan, this whole health care plan, it's not like we're saying everybody's going to go under the public option. That is not what's being said. That's not what's being done. Because people who are working, a vast majority of them already have health insurance. They pay it every month. They don't have an issue with it. And the fear is that people will start to drop their their employer's health insurance and try to go with the public option. Well, there's provisions in the rules that will prevent most of that. You know, because, again, if if my insurance is cheaper with the public option, I may want to just go with the public option and drop my health care for my for my uh, company, you know, and that's part of, you know, what's what uh, many of the Republicans are fearing. They're just going to drop their health care and, and go with the public option, and everybody will be under state-run or government-run health care, you know. But and I and I think I remember what the president said about. It. He said that this would only be something until the companies bring their prices down because their prices are too high. They charge too much. So if that company's now brought their prices down because they're not going to want to lose that business to the government, of course they're going to bring their prices down so that they can be competitive. And so even though on the short run it may look like the government's going to get all those people, you know, and going to take all that business, the reality behind it is that it's a short-term solution. But what about the, the, the health coverage that the congressmen and senators they receive? What, 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 who's paying for that? Are we paying for that? Of course we are. Of course we are. And, and, and it just seems like a lot of them don't want us to have the same type of benefit of health insurance that they have. No. Why should you get? Why should you get that? Right. You're not I a congressman. Question, yeah. Well, I guess the question is, why shouldn't we get it? Well, no. I mean, think about it. That's an executive privilege. I mean, when you become a congressman, you get a you get a special park <laughs> at the White House or at the uh, at the wherever they at, uh, in the Congress buildings at Capitol Hill. You get a special park. You you even when you're not a congressman anymore, you still get that special privilege, just like health care. So. You know, my thing is, if you want that, then you have to become a congressman. You know, and I know that's flawed thinking, but that's really the thinking that they have. They all say, hey, look, those are certain things that are given to people that are in legislature. You know, it's just like when I become, if I become a senator or representative, I always hold that, that title. Your insurance is uh, forever free, huh? Yeah, and my insurance, yeah, exactly. And so that's really, that's really the the thing that when you look at uh, what the president is doing, he's saying if Congress can get theirs free, why shouldn't the American people? We pay the Congress salaries. Right. We pay their salaries. We put them in office. And then they fail us because they say, well, we don't want you spending all the money. But when you look at it, the money's going to be spent somewhere else anyway. So why not spend it on the most fundamental thing you could spend it on? You know, I thought where um, I believe it was one of the um, conservative talk show hosts, and he was complaining about them spending money on the dating patterns of and the pickup patterns of young women at uh, Northeast University or something like that. 
and he was just ranting and raving about that. He says they paid five million dollars for this study to study the dating patterns and pickup line patterns of young women at a university. You know, and you have to remember that a lot of these things keep people working. You know, so they paid five million on a behavioral pattern. But at the same time, that's five million dollars that could have gone into healthcare. Who didn't? Who signed that bill? <laughs> you see, and this is the thing that's been going. I mean, this thing, this whole idea of how much is being spent on this and that, this thing has been going on forever. This isn't something that just came up on the scene and they're trying to now curb spending and all that. That's something that's been happening for a long time. What you know, do, you have, huh? Do Do you think that they're going to pass this? Do you think we'll get it passed, or do you think they're going to shoot it down? Well, you know, when you look at the uh, the numbers in the Senate, you know, and, and and you got to think about the numbers in the House, the numbers in the Senate, they can pass it. If if nobody if nobody on the right agrees with this bill and 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 says yes to this bill, they can still pass it. But remember what. But remember what the president said. He said, "I don't want to do it that way." See, he knows he has enough votes to to get it passed, but he would rather it be a bipartisan effort. He would rather it be an effort where everybody could join in and be a part of it. You know, and to be honest, a lot of people on the right, I've heard them say, "We don't want to be a part of it because we don't want our name on it when it fails or if it fails." Because they don't believe it's going to, you know, they don't believe it's going to do what it, the president says it's going to do. So they're saying, we don't want no parts of this. We're not putting our name on that. Mm-hmm. You know, even though when you really look at it, this whole public option actually benefits the very same people who we say are causing part of this problem. That's the insurance companies. It's going to benefit the insurance company. Either way, they they're going to win. Yeah, they're going. I mean, and that's and that's really the part that just ooh, I don't like that part. (laughs) You know, that's the part I don't like. The fact that either way, the insurance companies are going to win. You know, they're in a win-win situation because they're going to get their money regardless. You know, and and the insurance companies are the ones that, in my opinion, I believe that they are staging a lot of these town hall meetings. Mm-hmm. I think they're putting people in their plants or whatever you want to call them, and they're riling the people up, and they're telling them one thing. I think those insurance companies, you know, and again, I could be wrong, you know, but uh, I think a lot of them are actually calling their people up and saying, hey, look, this pl- passes. You know, we may be on the verge of having to drop you as a customer. <laughs> and again, that's speculation. I don't know if that's what they're doing. Right. But you know, drastic times call for drastic measures. And if they see that they could lose money, well, I mean, I thought about when when we had those four hurricanes that came through Florida in 2004. My insurance company dropped me that next year. Now I'm—I don't recall any of those storms actually tearing up anything on my house. Mm-hmm. But insurance company, sure enough, they dropped me. But under this new plan, uh, is it prohibited from the insurance company to drop anyone? Uh, from my understanding, yes, they could not drop you because they could deem you as a risk. And see, that's the thing that the insurance companies were doing. They were saying, "Oh, you know what? We're not touching that. You got a um, incurable disease? No, nope, we're not touching that." Well, wait a minute. You got—we never heard of that disease before. It's something new, and they want to try experimental drug. Oh, we're not touching that. And so the insurance companies would decide what they would do, and what they wouldn't do, what they'd pay for, and what they wouldn't pay for. You know, and something that's I mean, when you think about 
you know, actually my wife brought this to my attention, and I kind of laugh about it when I talk about it, but it it's true. When you look at it, the issue of a woman that needs, like, a, a breast reduction, she may be suffering from that on a health-wise basis. You know, she be, may be having uh, issues with her back, with uh, back pain, you know, stuff like that. And so she may need to have that to have a better quality of life. And really, that's what it's about. It's about the quality of life. The insurance companies don't care about quality of life. They care about quality of cash flow. <laughs> and if you got if you if you cause them a reduction in cash flow, then you're deemed a risk. And even though it may bring quality of life to you, it doesn't bring quality of life to them. You know, so they'll say, "Oh, wait a minute, you're trying to get a breast reduction? Oh, we're not paying for that." You got the fruit of that this is really something that's causing you to either not work or, you know, or you have to prove that this is a disability for you. And, you know, they take you through all these hoops and everything when it could be a legitimate issue. Mm-hmm. You know, and who's and here's here's the thing on this whole issue of death panels, you know, because you hear them talk about it. But when you think about it, it's somebody sitting in an office crunching numbers trying to figure out how much is this going to cost this company and they're deciding on whether you have these procedures. And yet, the government never said that they would do that. Wow. They never said that they would do that. They said they were just going to provide another option. It's it's so, just really it's just really sad, Brian, and how people can go out and spread rumors and say this and say that, and it just seems like it's just all all built around scaring the American people into believing what they want them to believe in. That's how it's always been done. Haven't you watched uh, the campaigns? Yes. <laughs> That's how it's done. It could be a bold-faced lie. And it could be, you know, it reminds me of, I remember back a couple of years ago where um, you had a rapper. Um, everybody knows who the rapper of uh, Notorious B.I.G., but you had another guy uh, whose name was Craig Mack. And he and uh, Notorious B.I.G., back then he was called Biggest Moms. They had a, a mixtape. Was, it was their promotional tape. And it was put in like the the casing was like a almost like a bun. It looked like a like a Big Mac bun. And they said free Big Macs, come and get your Big Macs. And so of course the the word spread. And we were at a, well, I was at a music conference. The word spread, and there was a line around the corner to get a Big Mac. Hmm. Well, was it a Big Mac? No, it was a mixtape with one side was. Notorious B.I.G. And the other side was Craig Mack, a Big Mac. But they used the whole, they fashioned it around the whole idea of a Big Mac sandwich. They made it look like a sandwich. They told people they were going to get free Big Macs. Did they give them free Big Macs? Oh, it depends on what you think about their whole marketing scheme. They gave you Big Mac CD, uh, Big Mac mixtape, but they didn't give you Big Mac food, even though it was fashioned in a bun. You couldn't eat it. Wow. Brian, we're down to our last minute. Uh, we, we're actually at 58 seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've enjoyed listening to, I mean, everybody that's heard knows that you're passionate about the health care reform, and I just want them, the American people to wake up and say, you know what? Let's get behind this president, or let's get behind something that that's that reasonable works. for yeah, something that's reasonable that that will work. And let's not just cut off on everything and say this is not going to work, that's not going to work. We need to find some kind of common ground uh, so we can end this thing. Absolutely. And with that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. We thank you for joining us. We ask you that you come back and listen to us next week as we'll have another great show. We 
bid you good evening. God bless you. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, and everywhere else that we are. Good evening, and God bless you all.